Welcome to an all-new episode of a podcast that has a name, which I don't remember, so we'll go with that. No, uh, <laughs> welcome to uh, Let's Talk About AEW, a.k.a. Let's Talk About Everything Wrestling. My name is Corey Richmond. Some of you guys might remember me from a little podcast called the Workshoot Wrestling Podcast, and also from current podcasts, which should be coming back uh, in the next couple of weeks. Uh, you don't know Jackie. Um, I am joined, as always, by Harry from the Wrestling Purist Facebook group. Uh, we are recording a little bit later than usual this week because uh, I had to go and uh, not want to do anything, basically, on Thursday. So that's uh, my fault. Hey, listen, but I was just as tired as you. So you, you bailed me out. I was I was just as tired. So uh, uh, it wasn't just you, buddy. And that voice you heard was Harry, which I just mentioned. Um, this week on the podcast, we'll talk about a couple of different issues. I don't know if this will be our, our usual two-hour brand of entertainment. Maybe it'll be like 155. Um, I always say that, and then all of a sudden we still wind up being two hours. So it's, it's good either way. But uh, we'll be talking about uh, AW Revolution, the return of Ring of Honor, um, how basically everyone gave crap to uh, Dynamite uh, like a week or two gave. And then, and then we all sat through Monday Night Raw, which you ever seen a throwaway show? I think we saw one. Just kidding. Not really. Um, and I'm sure we'll talk about a whole lot more things as I randomly talk about things because I was at work till 4 a.m. in the morning. Because, you know, things happen. But what was me? I got a paycheck. Um, but Harry, I got to start off with um, something that I saw a couple of, I think it was yesterday. Uh, PWI, um, which is one of the more reputable um, wrestling journalists or dirt sheets or however you want to go and phrase it. Uh, and I respect it you know, quite a bit because when our old podcast was starting out, uh, one of the lead guys there, Mike Johnson, you know, did not have to do it, gave us a, a very good interview. I mean, if you go back, maybe there are points that were a little awkward, but, you know, we were awkward back then. Not that anything has changed. But um, PWI is reporting that Brock Lesnar was, I guess, backstage on Monday Night Raw and was kind of saying his goodbyes to people. Now, sometimes stories get, you know, screwed up and you're not sure what certain things mean. But if this is the end, at least for this run of Brock Lesnar, and we've heard all the stuff that's going on where Brock basically was given apparently almost like five ideas for opponents. And the main one that he apparently did not want anything to do with, and lucky for him because we're seeing what's going to go on with Bobby Lashley over the next four or five weeks, the idea of getting involved in this whole uh, Bray Wyatt uh, story. But um, I guess we could start this off. What have you thought of this version of the uh, the Brock Lesnar run, if it is actually coming to an end at WrestleMania or shortly after that? I've never been a real Brock Lesnar fan as it is. I mean, you know, I respect him, but he's not one of my personal favorites. Um, I feel that this new character, well, was it like a year, year and a half, whatever it's been, like the country guy, you know, with the hat and all that. I feel it ruined everything. He He's not a face. He never has been a face. He's always been a heel. And I think that now, even now, when they try to make him as a face here and there, his heel side comes out regardless, doing things he's not supposed to do. You know, uh, you know, f fiving refs and you know, being a little stiff with people he's not supposed to be, and 
all that. I also think that he was legitimately one of Vince McMahon's, you know, loyals. And it's nothing against Triple H or anybody else, but I think that when you, when you, when your boss changes, you've been in a place for so long, and the one guy you admire for whatever reason, you know, guy or woman, whoever, you know, leaves. I think that kind of affects you differently. And I think that causes some issues. So if it is over, it's not terrible, but it's not the way I would have, you know, wrote it out myself. Yeah. I mean, I think he's had a good second, I guess it's because he said it a second or third run. I think the stuff that he did with Reigns at points, I thought was good. I mean, of course, you know, his second run where he did stuff with, you know, the Undertaker and CM Punk. And yes, that'll be our most likely one of our CM Punk references for the day. Cause you know, no podcast can uh, go more than, you know, 10 minutes without m- mentioning CM Punk. Um, I haven't, I've, I've enjoyed for the most part. I don't, I actually like less, you know, intense um, Brock Lesnar at points. I mean, like last year in the build, I believe it was to WrestleMania. He was on the Pat McAfee show and, he came across like as a real person, which I understand that wrestling is the idea of your personality pumped up to 11 and you're being you, but you're just like a more crazy version of what you are. But it, it had me thinking like, you, I know no one loves the idea of, and if, and apparently from everything you read, this is happening at this point. That at WrestleMania, either on night one or night two, we're going to have like a three, mostly a three to five minute match of uh, the, because, you know, nobody remembers back in the day that Brock Lesnar, F5, you know, the big show who, you know, is bigger and more athletic than, than Omos. And nothing personally against Omos. I mean, from everything I've heard, he's a super nice guy. I just don't know if he's ready to be in these type of matches, to put it, you know, to put it nicely. But I was thinking about this. If his last match in WWE is coming up, and like I said, once again, PWI might have this story wrong, or they don't, or they might be misheard some of the stuff that's going on, and they decide to go and put, put one and one equaling two. Anything's possible. Like I said, I respect the people who do work there. But I was thinking, if you're, if it is the end, his final opponent. Who should it be? I mean, I was thinking about this and I was like, after everything that happened with Kofi Kingston, after, you know, Kofi mania, him having his, you could say lackluster, you know, title run at points. I mean, I thought it was actually a pretty good one for what it was, but you know, the first new SmackDown of Fox and he loses the title in like nine seconds, maybe seven seconds to Brock. I'm not saying you got to make good to somebody, but you know, doesn't seem like the new day is doing much right now. I would have Kofi get his win back. I mean, I know I'm, I'm throwing this at you and how you're trying to you know, process this as we're talking about this, but is there really, a, in your mind, maybe a better version of a person for someone who never really had a, a huge feud with, but I'm not saying is deserved, you know, a make good, but what's your thoughts? And it's not going to happen, but if, uh, if it was Kofi versus Brock, as Kofi's as uh, a, a make good for, like I said, Kofi mania, the way that ended. And also kind of being like, we don't have, if this is the end 
And if you have to face, you know, random, this sounds terrible the way I'm going to say this, but you have to say, face random African-American opponent, nothing against almost, but shouldn't it be Kofi? Yeah, it should be. It won't happen. We know that, but I don't understand the Omos pairing, even though with the report that Brock didn't want to, you know, work with like five different people, whatever. Why Omos? Like, what? Like, can you really see Brock putting him over? I mean, can you? The AJ putting over? Uh, I mean, I guess AJ is the ultimate team player, but. Did you, did you really at push up the show? Did you really think that they were going to pull the trigger and have AJ Styles, maybe the, the best worker of the last decade, put over uh, almost pretty much clean? I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I don't see it happening. And I, I really do think it's going to be a three minute match where Brock sells for about 45 seconds. We get the idea, he hits, you know, three F. Three F5s, everyone cheers at the big spots. And we move on to the next next match. And Brock gets back on his, you know, his private jet or his bus or whatever he has at this moment and uh, goes back to his hot wife and you know in Canada. So we so we're assuming that WrestleMania is probably his last his last match. It's very possible. Maybe it's slightly after that, but like I said, PW uh PWI on I believe it was on Friday went and uh, put out a report saying that they were hearing that Brock was saying goodbye to a bunch of people in the locker room, which has made it appear. I don't think like F4W or Fightful has confirmed the report, you know, on their end, which, you know, you would always like to see maybe at least two of these bigger uh, websites be on the same page with things. Um, Much like, you know, with the other Brock information where, Fightful went and had the story that Brock was given basically five different opponents and especially the idea of not wanting to work with Bray Wyatt because of all the, the Guga Gaga over here. But, you know, and then, and then, you know, uh, Dave Meltzer came out saying they heard the same stuff that Fightful is hearing. So, you know, kind of confirms what's going on, but let's just take it a face value the idea that this could be the end, at least for right now. For Brock, do you, do you know what what's your thoughts here? It has to be a different way. It, I mean, if it is if it if it is the last match and it's his end, then it is what it is. But I would have planned it totally different. It has to be something happened that we don't know about yet. Something has to have, you know, ticked Brock off, or you know, we don't know all the details or something because. Why would why would his last match or possibly last match be against Omos? And even if it's not against Omos, then what are we going to do after that? Like, I mean, we've already seen the Roman situation. I mean, what we're going to feed Lesnar to Cody or to Sammy? Like, that doesn't make sense to me. Is there someone I'm forgetting about that Lesnar could battle with besides Lashley that would, you know, or, or Kofi to put someone over i mean even if jay white got there you know before you know june or something you're gonna have jay white and lesnar fight like hey if you want to put jay if you wanted to put jay white over big i mean you can think of worse guys to do it with i mean i also don't i mean i i also don't think it's like he's angry most likely at anything i think it might be you know he's been doing this hard for you know a long time He's taken breaks in the past. I mean, I don't think that means he's going back, you know, 
to UFC or anything at this point. I don't, I don't see that happening, but I mean, you know, who says this is the last time we'll see him. This might be one of those breaks where he's taken time off until, you know, SummerSlam or something or survivor series. You know, I mean, he is an attraction. We've seen him a lot more in the last, you know, six months than we've seen him in a lot of his other um, things. And, and let's be honest here. Like when going back to the Omos thing, I mean, there's been conflicting reports each way on this. But you know, we we've all said, even going back to uh, when we found out the news a couple of months back now, that um, Vince McMahon was was coming back in some sort of control. Is there anything that sounds more like or dislike? Anything that seems more of a Vince McMahon type of story is Omos the. If not well, wrong terminology is freak show, but the suit, the 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 huge guy going up against, you know the you know the Andre Hogan thing, the immovable object versus this and that. Does anything sound more like a Vince McMahon anti Triple H story than Omos versus Lesnar? I mean, I believe that I believe the stat was since uh, since Triple H came over in charge. Almost was uh, has had once had one singles match, almost was basically forgotten about. And you may want to say, for those who want to don't want to be the conspiracy theorists in this particular time, but almost basically, if you want to treat almost like a special attraction, you have him, you know, there just for like major shows. But I mean, you know, it's not like he wins every feud at this point. I mean, he lost apparently, I guess, Braun Strowman in in Saudi Arabia. I mean. I don't know what the I don't know what the answer is here. I mean, for the the part of me that says Vince McMahon is mostly coming back sooner than later, this sounds like a Vince McMahon thing. For the people who want to say that this was a happy medium that Brock was like, all right, this guy's a nice guy, and he I don't think I'm going to get hurt by facing by facing him in the ring. He's been you know he's he was safe enough with like a with an AJ Styles. Cool. I mean. Who knows? I mean, like I said, from everything everyone is reading and saying, this is the plan for WrestleMania. We still have four more Raws, four more SmackDowns, four more main events. I'm just kidding. Um, four more, you know, shows of each each of your uh, weekly big-budgeted shows. This could change. But for right now, if this is what's going to happen, I don't automatically say that we're punishing, you know, punishing, you know, Brock or that Brock's unhappy because Triple H is in charge. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think sometimes a guy just needs a little bit of a break. I mean, he's got to be, I think he's like in his mid forties, right? I mean, he's not a, he's no longer, you know, 25 year old Brock Lesnar who uh, was taken out, you know, the rock. Yeah. I think he's the same age as us around, at least around that. So, um, you know, um, so maybe, maybe he's just taking a break. I, I mean, Taking a break would be more understandable. If he just kind of this, this was it, and he was done, it'd be a, a bigger letdown, in my opinion. But you know, uh, I guess we'll find out. I mean, uh, the problem is who? Who else is there really for him to, to feud with at this point? I mean, was there ever a history of him and Seth Rollins? I can't remember. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, also you know the famous, you know. Royal Rumble match you had Cena versus Seth versus uh, versus Brock. I mean, right. you had Seth versus Brock actually in a one-on-one match. I mean, they've had a little bit of a history together, but I mean, you you know, we've got, uh, which 
I'm going to give it the, the benefit of the doubt. Seth versus Logan Paul could be quite good. Could be terrible. We'll see, you know, starting this Monday with the lead up of uh, how we got there with, you know, like I said, we don't even have to really talk about Raw this week, even though I kind of said we would, you know, how lackluster that was. But um, I, like I said, do I, do I want to see, if this is the end, do I want to see Brock in a better match than almost absolutely? But if this is what he said he was willing to do, you got to have a, enough faith and hopefully hope in uh, Triple H that they can put on an entertaining story for the next, you know, four, four weeks. Sure. You know? So so we got Brock out of the way. Um, we'll talk more in, as the weeks go along about, you know, the disaster known as Bray Wyatt and Uncle Howdy versus um, Bobby Lashley. God, I hope Bobby, Bobby Lashley is getting one hell of a payday to uh, to deal with this. Um, you know, let's let's get into it quickly. I know that we're considered, you know, at times AW homers, AW marks, whatever whatever you want to call it. We wear them, you know. At times we wear proudly. Other times we go, oh boy, what are we getting ourselves into? But I don't know how much of Monday Night Raw you got a chance to see. I don't watch Monday Night Raw usually live because I'm usually, you know, I'm working and five thousand things are going on. But, you know, I think it was like two weeks ago, everyone was basically killing AW Dynamite for having a lackluster show. And, you know, they wound up surprisingly had, you know, a one point, a little bit more than 1.0 rating, which, you know, we could all honestly say was most likely because NBA All-Star Game. And we saw this week where the NBA was back. AW's ratings went back down under uh, under a million. But have you ever seen that much? In the in recent months, a less lackluster, you know, Monday night raw than we had this past Monday. I mean, I'm literally sitting and going, okay, we've got two, we've got uh two segments of you know variety shows. We've got a decent, you know, you want to say, and I and I love always been a fan of Lita, but Lita looked rough on on Monday in that, you know, yes. and like I said, I but I was going to say the same thing. You, you, I'm glad you said that. Go ahead, continue. I'm sorry. But you know, and this isn't you know. Oh, let's 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 be more fair to AEW. But can we call a spade a spade when a show isn't good? A show isn't good, no matter who you care about and what you care about in regards to you know what your your overall fandom is. For all those people, all the WWE marks who are killing AEW like two weeks ago. For having, you know, on paper, a lackluster show. This was a lackluster, to put it nicely, show. It was. Uh, I was I watched Raw the next day on uh, on Hulu. So I, I get like the shorter version of it without the commercials. And uh, I could not believe how bad Lita was. It's the only thing. It's, it's, I mean, I remember a lot of, a lot of Raw, but sticks out like a sore thumb. I was, I was watching Lita, like just not be able to move at all, not be able to do anything. And I thought of you going like, what the heck am I watching? Like, you know, it, it was bad. It was really bad. Um, and then to top it off, they put the belts on Becky and, and, and Lita. Um, why? What, 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 what is the purpose of that? And so, so she's going to wrestle full time. She couldn't wrestle Monday night. And I love Leah. Leah's one of my favorites. You know, I, I've always followed her. 
Remember that's Miss Congeniality, you know, you know, in ECW. Say Rios, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I said, yeah. What was his name? What was his name before Essay Rio? Was it he had a different name? Was it? Oh, I, don't, I honestly don't remember to be honest. It was something like amazing something, wasn't it? No. No, you're thinking of, I think you're thinking of somebody else. Um but anyhow, but yeah, so uh, you know, it's it's just it's sad. It's like, why are we going back to the well? There's already reports out that there's so much talent already upset that they're not gonna be on the WrestleMania card. I don't know if you saw that or not. There was a report um, right. that, you know, there's like, I don't know the exact number, but a good portion of the talent that's on TV every week is not going to be on the WrestleMania card. And they're kind of upset about it. And, uh, but we're, we're going to have Lita, you know, with Becky and then Trish. I mean, so I guess we're going to have those three versus damage control at WrestleMania or something to that effect. I mean, do do EO Sky and Dakota Kai win back the belts before then? Like, it's, I don't know. It just doesn't make sense. Did, you, you made the quality of the belt go down, in my opinion, by having Lita win in such horrible fashion. No, no disrespect to Becky, but, I mean, and I get it. Lita's got a following. Listen, I, I love hearing when her music kicks on and, you know, you see her come out. It's great, but we all know she can't go no more. Like, she's got to... You know, she's got to hang it up, in my opinion. But I mean, you know, it, it's it's one it's one outing. I mean, when she had the match last year, the one on one match versus Becky Lynch, she was a lot better. Um, I also think that there's a very good chance that we still might get a Trish Stratus turn, and tr- it could be Trish and Bailey versus Lita and Becky at WrestleMania, and and then have the uh, Ronda and. Um, Baszler versus um, Damage Crow for the tag team titles. I still think that could be possibly happening. So, I mean, I don't want to, like I said, my, my job here, not that I really have one, is to to go and kill, you know, Lita for, you know, not having a great performance. But, you know, you got to be fair. You know, if you're going to kill... Whoa, 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 come on. It, it, it was really bad, though, dude. And I'm a Lita fan. It was really bad. You don't... I agree. Like we, we, I don't think we can give her a pass on this one. Like we, I, I don't see where I don't see where we can. I put it this way: we could possibly give her a pass on this one, possibly. But if it happens again next week or the week after, then what? Like we're on the road to WrestleMania. We can't have she can't have these lackluster performances. And again, I know uh, I know she's like 46, 47, something like that. You know, I'm not saying that I could do it. You know, like like that. But I wouldn't be in the ring either at that age. You know, like. So if you're getting in the ring, you got to you got to play the part. No, no, sure. I I don't disagree. I mean, it's uh, it is a very interesting conversation piece, to say the least. Um, and like I said, I mean, we still have four weeks to WrestleMania. I think on paper, I think that what we're getting so far, I think, is a looks like a pretty solid show. I mean, I'm not I mean, I've said this I'm a broken record. I've said multiple times that I don't think, you know. Everything in WrestleMania, uh, not in WrestleMania, everything on the product right now, I super care about. But, you know, I, I do think, you know, we've we've got Roman versus Cody, which I think has been a, a solid build. I mean, I know a lot of people would have liked them to go another direction. Charlotte Rhea should be good. Bianca Asuka should be very good. I mean, Logan, you know, Logan Paul versus um, Seth Rollins, I think, should be 
pretty darn solitive to not, you know, very good. You know, I mean, I think there is stuff here. And, you know, I'm, we're expecting, you know, something to, you know, Usos versus El Generico and Kevin Steen. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Sami Zayn and, uh, and Kevin Owens, most likely. So I think there are pieces. I mean, we could all take a somewhat bathroom break, maybe two thirds of a Bray Wyatt versus Bobby Lashley. You know, I don't think that it's a a disaster by any stretch, you know, WrestleMania right now. I don't know. I think we got to give it a couple of weeks to, for everything to go, figure out what, what's going to be actually seasoned, you know, with these storylines. But I'm, I'm not going to lie. The only thing I really care about right now is what's going to happen with the bloodline. I, 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 you know, I think that's really, I, I just don't have anything else really invested in WWE at the moment. I, uh, I, I, I'll i tell you why. Um, my my friend Jason Sin, I'm just going to call his last name Sin, the Impact Mark, you know, friend. He actually listened to our podcast the other day and laughed when uh, we brought that up. And uh, he's got his own podcast, uh, Discuss Impact Wrestling. But he asked me, he says, so I only, I only care about WWE because of the bloodline. Does that make me a casual fan as well? And I said, no. Because you're a different kind of casual fan, because you are, you know, you're you have an extreme loyalty to Impact, but you also know wrestling, so you're not really a casual casual fan. You know, you're more of just a, you know, you're just a guy who likes a certain type of product. Right. My point, my point being is that he only cares about the bloodline situation. I am so lost with Bray, and so disappointed that I don't even know where to start or follow with this. And even if Bray came along and somehow, you know, we got the Hurt business versus the Wyatt Six, the way this whole character's played out, I'm not sure I'd even be invested anymore. Um, and the reason why is because The Fiend got killed off, you know. Um, Thank God. And not, I was never I, Well, I like The Fiend. I, I like The Fiend. And I, I respect it. You don't have to like it. Um I, I liked it though. I thought it was, I thought it had potential, but you know, Vince really, you know, crapped all over it. He did. And uh, so I think that the people who did like Bray Wyatt, you know, I wanted that same experience to come back. And I was one of them. It's not the same. So the whole thing is, is, is a bizarre, you know, turn events. I truly hope they put the Snickers match on someone else. Like don't put it on Bray. I mean, you know, the guy, I mean, bad enough that Mountain Dew match was awful. I mean, so I don't know who's going to have the Snickers match. I mean, but hopefully it's not Bray. Uh, unless somehow Bray bites the Snickers and the Fiend comes back, then I might be down for it. My my point of my whole statement is that like, I'm somewhat invested, I guess, a little bit in the Lita, Becky, you know, see if Trish turns. I didn't even think about that. And maybe I, didn't, I missed that in some reading somewhere. But that's a good idea that you came up with. Um, I can see Ronda and uh, Baszler going after damage control for the belts if damage control gets the belts back. But only thing I care about is, is Cody going to beat Roman? And most importantly, what is Jay Uso doing? Is Jay going to go after Jimmy? You know, I've been reading reports that Jay and Jimmy may be going at each other, you know, at WrestleMania, which I never saw, saw that coming. Did you 
Did you think about that? Uh, no, I thought that might be more of like a SummerSlam or somewhere down the line. I mean, like walking into all this stuff when we were talking, you know, about a couple of weeks back about the whole Sami Zayn winning the title and the after effects of you went and having that and where, you know, Kevin Owens would then be doing for WrestleMania. I think that if Sammy wasn't winning the title, and I know we're rehashing old history here, but Sammy didn't win the title. One of the main reasons why Sammy didn't win the, win the title is because if he does, if he if he did win the title, what do you do with Kevin Owens? And if all of a sudden you're blowing up Sammy and Kevin to have an Usos, you know, infighting match, which I think could be entertaining down the line, twofold. One, nothing personal. I don't think Jimmy Uso at this point is a big enough character to to carry a match like that at this point. And two, I think that you have four weeks to get to where you want to get with, with, with Jey Uso. And I think that the story of WrestleMania most likely is the downfall of the bloodline. I think that's what the story is. I mean, that could be, and then, you know, the follow-up is the fallout over the next couple of months of what Roman's going to do. And does Jay go on and be a single and, what is, you know, what does Solo do? And uh, congratulations to Solo Sokoa getting married this past week. For those who might have seen those, you know, super wholesome uh, photos of that. Um, I I think that at this point, right or wrong, I think you got to go with the story that you've told. Uh, you had mentioned, before we uh, move on to other things, you had mentioned the idea that apparently that there's some stories coming out that people uh, might not be happy with the idea of... Um, of Triple H having, you know, less matches at WrestleMania this year. I mean, I know I'm not one of the boys. I'm not getting a salary. I mean, if you guys want to pay me, I'll say nice things. But um, I always think that let sometimes less is more. I mean, like we'll be talking about in a few minutes, the AW, you know, pay-per-view coming up uh, tomorrow, AW Revolution. The idea of, you know, having – most of these AEW pay-per-views are like 13 or 14 matches long. Yes, I know I know that you're spending, you know, $50 on a pay-per-view and you want to get your your total value. But if you're if WrestleMania is going to be two days, which it is, the idea of two three and a half hour shows with long matches and interesting matches is gonna keep me from you know throwing myself out. A, a window, maybe that's not the best terminology, uh, but is if we have two seven-hour shows, you know? I mean, and sometimes you got to go with whatever the hottest angle is right now. I understand that maybe some of the younger talent maybe doesn't get the reason why, you know, part-timers get those spots, but you got to remember, WrestleMania is truly for the casual fan. People who don't like WrestleMania is honestly is their version of Super Bowl. More people who haven't won, and you could say, "Boo!" You know, I'm a hardcore fan. I deserve to see the the best thing every single moment. But more people watch the Super Bowl who haven't watched a football game all year than you know. You what do you get? Like 200 million people apparently. You know, watch Super Bowl. The average Raw gets. Two million people on a great week, you know, almost they may get somewhere about two and a half million people. You know how many people are going to watch WrestleMania compared to who watch, you know, a B pay-per-view or have, you know, who who have Peacock. And then for the rest of the year, 
they're watching, you know, Quantum Leap or Night Court or whatever other shows that uh, are on, you know, the, the soap operas or MLS. Or I think actually I think MLS is on Apple TV now, but or watching, you know, soccer or whatever, you know, I'm trying to think of the show that the new show that they have. Um, God, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. It's not the end of the world. But, you know, it's just the, the idea of the fact that we may not think that, you know, Lita is right now in the having the best match she's ever had by any stretch. But the average lapsed, you know, whatever fan knows who Lita is. Right or wrong, the average fan has no idea who um, Shotzi Blackheart is. They may know because of, you know, uh, divas, total divas, who Nat, you know, Natalia is. But, you know, Natalia not being on the card, that's sad. Shotzi not being on the card, that's sad. But the average fan who's going to go wants to see the stars. And you could say that's part of the problem, the fact that besides, you know, Roman Reigns, how many stars in the last, you know, decade have they truly made? I mean, I think it's a conversation for another time. I mean, we could have that conversation. But the idea is I think less is more. And I think that whatever the hottest acts for right now are the matches that should be on WrestleMania. The hottest fuge should be on Revolution. You know, the best the best storylines should be on whatever the next, you know, NWA pay-per-view is. Our boy Tyrus. Uh, but you, 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 you kind of understand what I'm saying? I know that, you know, we I all, you know, the idea of seeing John Cena at WrestleMania versus Austin Theory may not make me or you go jump out of our seat. But one of the, you know, over 600 uh, kids that have been, you know, their day's been made by, you know, for Make-A-Wish or the people who are the Laps fan that maybe remember, you know, the Edge, Matt Hardy, Lita storyline. They hear that Lita or Trish Stratus is going to be on there, is being advertised on the poster. They're going to go and say, ooh, interesting. They're not going to be saying these people most likely haven't have never seen an EO Sky match at NXT, you know, so right or wrong. But that's kind of the way it is. And, you know, you could you could honestly say you feel bad for all. And this always comes back to the idea of part timers versus your full roster. But you know what? And I guess part of the idea is we don't know now that it's the WWE Network slash Peacock. We don't know what these performers are making for the downside guarantee or bonuses for being on pay-per-views because we don't have the pay-per-view point system and all that stuff anymore. So, I mean, you feel bad for, you know, possibly Montez Ford, who, who had a, uh, a great performance at the Elimination Chamber, or Bronson Reed, who may, you know, fall through the cracks during WrestleMania season itself. But you know, stars are stars for a reason. and. The average, the Joe Schmo, or as you know, um, MJF calls, you know, mid. They are they're there for the stars, and if you if WWE over three hundred sixty five day period can't make everyone on the roster, which is of course impossible, into viable stars that are undeniable. What does Cody Roy say? Undeniable. Then I I understand why they're not on the show. Do you hope that there's you know. Each night on, you know, I know I'm rambling here, but do you hope that, you know, there's an Andre Battle Royal and 
maybe renamed the Sherry Martell Battle Royal or something. So everyone gets a payday. That would be great. But, you know, there's limited time. And I understand push comes to shove why Triple H thinks that we should have less matches so more things mean something. I can see it. I'm not against it. I uh, I just think that there's other ways to probably like, I don't think we need to see Brock Lesnar versus Omos, but whatever. But I'm not the booker, so I don't know. I, you know, who knows? I mean, you're probably right, and I'm probably wrong, and I've always, you know, I sometimes see it from a different, you know, perspective, but... And that's and I respect that. Huh? And I respect that, absolutely. But, you know, I guess it comes down to this, and we'll move on to uh, some AW and some other news that's come out uh, this week, which uh, fans of MLW must be pulling their hair out right now. Hopefully we'll get to that. But if you were, if it was your, and I say this all the time, if it was your money, this was your company, you have your stockholders and you're trying to sell the company for $8 billion, apparently, or whatever obscene number that uh, comes out. If it's your money, and I know that, you know, you've done stuff with, you know, over time with, you know, um, with, with, you know, wrestlers and different things with uh, trying to get people out there in the past through, you know, the Wrestling Purist Facebook group and, you know, other other ventures. But if it was your money, in all honesty, if it's your money, are you bringing in John Cena, Lita, Trish, The Rock, if you could have gotten him? Or are you going to go and go with, you know, guys that the average person who, want, like I said before, watches once a year and are paying obscene amount of money for these tickets – What's your better chance of actually getting your money back? And capitalism is a thing. The, at the end of the day, all of these franchises and sports and wrestling and everything else are there to go and, aka, make a profit, but also not lose money. So, like I said, this is your company and it's your money online. Are you bringing in the old established names or are you going and being like, hey, Braun, St I mean, Braun Strowman, not really, but, you know, a. Montez Ford, you you were a stalwart for the for the, the whole entire year. Are you getting that spot, or are you giving it to the guy who you know is going to more than likely make sure you don't you're not in the red? Uh, you, you know. yeah, I guess I'm I guess I'm giving it to the part timer. Um, would when you put it that way, um, but again, that's like you said, it's more towards the casual fan. It's not to the, it's not even to the loyal WWE guy. It's 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 more to the you know, casual fan. So I guess, you know, us purists have to just accept that, you know, because it kind of, it sucks. It sucks in a way. Think, think about it. Now, are they wrestling purists? Is that, is that what you're saying? No, I'm just saying purists, you know, funny guy. But no, in all seriousness, like, it's like, you know, you have the diehard fan that, you know, follows the football team all year. And then, you know, I don't know, like you, Instead of instead of the young kid who's you know you know doing well, you put in the old timers because he, you know, for whatever reason, I, I don't know. I mean, it's a bad comparison, but I mean, there was an era. I forget. Maybe it was in the late '90s, but there was a spot there where WWE, you know, didn't have a lot of stars. Maybe maybe it was right after like when Hogan and all them deflected, you know, and and it was kind of you know you know staggering a bit. And they had to build their stars, and they did, and. When WCW got rid of Stone, you know, got rid of Steve, stunning Steve Austin, 
you know, he has a little promo in ECW and then Vince loved it and picked him up. And then, you know, uh, there was a time there where it wasn't as competitive with the big stars. But what happened? WCW used all those old stars and WBA actually built their stars. So when, so when, when all those old stars kind of like, you know, were dried up, you know, WCW didn't have the compatibility to actually, you know, go at WWE anymore where WWE had new fresh stars. So that's my point of it. Um, you know, just from my perspective. Um, okay. One more thing before we move on to AEW. I was thinking about this the other day. I saw Kevin Owens come out. I want to say it's on Monday Night Raw. Um, or maybe, because I, I, I didn't watch SmackDown. So maybe it was, yeah. So maybe it was Monday Night Raw, but Kevin Owens screwed over the bloodline. Yeah, it was on Monday Night Raw. And his thing is to, you know, to crush the bloodline, right? Well, maybe, maybe they are going to book. Maybe they are, maybe they're going to put Kevin Owens versus, uh, you know, Solo. Maybe they go that route, right? Cody's got Roman. And then maybe Jimmy and Jay have the explosion at WrestleMania. Then that puts Sammy in a spot. I know I'm reaching, but just throw, hear, hear me out. And that puts Sammy somehow in a spot to have a three-way match between Roman, Cody, and Sammy. I, I think with four weeks left, I think you're getting the uh, – I think I think they pivoted. I mean, I think you, there's a better chance, which I don't think is going to happen at all. If you're thinking about a three-way, I could see a three-way between the uh, Jimmy, Jay, and Sammy. Okay. Where, you know – Jimmy uh, Jay is stuck in the middle between his real life brother and his kind of his adopted brother, where there's two sides of the coin. I mean, I don't think that's happening. Like I said, I think no, but that's a good possibility for sure that that would work if it went that way. That would work. Yeah, but like I said, I think at this point, if you don't get if you didn't put the title on Sammy at at either Mania or Elimination Chamber, and you're not going to and you're not giving. Sammy a title at Mania. I think the I'm not saying the fans are going to revolt because the fans don't really revolt against anything nowadays. It's all talk, you know. We will riot if whatever this or that. You know, WWE, AEW fans, we're all trained sheep. We 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 go with the uh, we go with the flow at the end of the day. Um, but like I said, it's it's going to be interesting. We got four weeks left until WrestleMania. Do I think WrestleMania is has reached its its stride yet? I mean, I think that more things have to develop i think we'll know you know who gunther will be facing in the next like week or so i mean i think on the books there was a thing where there was going to be a battle royal at like i think madison square garden show where the winner was going to face gunther but then all of a sudden this past week which i know you didn't get a chance to see yet there was they they announced i think a five-way match on uh smackdown next week to determine at least one of the people facing um Gunther at WrestleMania, at WrestleMania. So, I mean, there's, or for the opportunity to face Gunther, I mean, that was a little bit un, not a great way of explaining things. But like I said, I don't think, I don't think we're in a bad spot right now for the build for WrestleMania. I don't think this is, you know, by any stretch like WrestleMania 17 or, you know, which was, you know, amazing build or, or WrestleMania 3 or one of the classic builds for WrestleMania at this point. But I don't think we're, like in the dirt by any or the, or the quote unquote the mud right now. So, I mean, 
I'm going to wait for it all to play out and, and cross my fingers and a couple of toes and hoping that, you know, Omos versus Brock Lesnar is not the first sign of uh, Vince McMahon slowly, you know, coming back into power. But, uh, yeah, hope. you know, appendages, hopefully that doesn't happen. I agree. I hope not. That, that, that'll be the, that'll be the fork in the fork in whatever you want to call it to stop me from watching uh, WWE again. Can't stand the guy. At that point, we'll officially just become an AEW podcast. <laughs> um, Why not? All right, so let's talk a little AEW. Um, like we said, after we got off the air last week, we found out that uh, AEW and the amazing struggle of, for those who care, I do a little, mostly a little more than you do when it comes to ratings, that AEW was over the million mark last last week, this pit, and that was without uh, the NBA, NBA on. Um, and then this past, past week, which I think on paper had a much better card where you had the um, – the um the crazy ladder match they were back under you know they were actually under 900k they were still number three over there for the night in the the coveted 1849 uh behind just the two nba games before we get into the the nitty-gritty of you know everything going on here do you think that Do you think it's, do you think that this product is ever going to go and be consistently over, you know, a million or a million and a half people? I mean, I know it's, it's, we always say, you know, it's a three, it's a four-year-old company. There's going to be growing pains, but if NBA, if, if, you know, if NBA is going to be on, you know, Wednesday night and live sports is king for the most part. What what should we be thinking about, you know, AEW right now? I mean, when there's when there's no competition, the chat uh neither one of us I, I think watch the challenge on MTV. But you know, if, if the challenge, which is isn't on at the moment, the challenge is on, if you've got live sports on, is AEW reaching that precipice of that this is where they are? You know, I mean. NBA, like I said, live sports is king for a good portion of your female demographic. They're going to watch, you know, Vanderpump Rules or whatever it's called on Bravo or the Housewives. Or, you know, we've seen based on the ratings that, you know, the challenge is going to be a, is a big thing. And, of course, you know, the actual people who are actually, you know, the actual huge number of people. Like I have a conversation, and I'll go like six different directions. I have a conversation here and there with uh, – Friend of the podcast, uh, Christopher Morin, who does the Morin Law podcast, which covers wrestling, sports, pol- you know, covers a little bit of everything as the craziness of, uh, of, of his mind goes around. And of course, you know, check it out. Um, but like he looks at it and he goes, they've got a million, they've got a million viewers if they're lucky. But, you know, a Dave Meltzer looks at it saying in the key demo, the 18 to 49, they're number three on the night. Like what? What do you? I know I'm throwing a lot of things out, but you can answer any way you like. But what's more important, the 18 to 49 people that in about three years will be out of, or is it you know your total viewers that you're of showing like the somewhat growth of your of your product? Because you know if you look at it, basketball games are doing like if they're lucky two million people, but you know the the, the ones that are truly getting all the ratings 
is the over 50 people, you know, who are watching Fox News for all night long. So it's I think it's it's one of those stories that you go. What what really matters, you know? I think the issue is the lack of of uh, superstars. I know that sounds crazy, but no, no, you know, I, I hear you. I, you know, uh, there was a podcast. I'm not going to mention who okay. that I listened that I listened to, and they brought up their master series about is CM Punk not being there hurting AEW's ratings, and would you bring them back and try to? have him do whatever, yada, yada, yada. And Mark Henry said, quote, on that podcast, that if he was in charge, he'd bring back Punk as soon as Punk was you know, healthy, have Punk apologize to the people, apologize to the fans, and just say, hey, listen, people argue, people get in disagreements, you know, let's put this under the water, and then somehow make it, make it business. Because the bottom line is, when CM Punk came back, Yes, we understand he came back in Chicago and all that, but Punk did draw ratings. He did. Um, I think I think that's the issue that Tony is going through at AEW right now is he's trying to build, you know, homegrown, you know, homegrown talent, which is good, at the same time, not having as many known superstars. We've talked about this before, or known household names. So you know, we don't have FTR on our, you know, on our TV. And according to Dax Hartwood, which I heard it on two different podcasts from him himself, he has reached out to Tony Khan and has said, you know, you know, Cash and I are ready to go. We're willing to work until our contracts are up in April and then we can discuss from there. He never said they're gone or anything like that. I guess they don't have anything for them at the moment. So, and obviously, you know, we, we, we know what happened to Jay Briscoe. So, you know, you know, God willing, you know, but FTR is arguably the best tag team last year overall. So our, the best tag team around or one of them is sitting waiting for work. And we're not utilizing that. Am I the crazy one in the room? Like, let's get into that. AEW, Dino, my episode was great last night. I loved it until the second to last segment where we have Dan Housen and Orange Cassidy, which no disrespect to Orange Cassidy. I love Orange Cassidy. But why we have them win that, win that was it a battle royal? Or I forget the exact terminology of the match, but we all wanted FTR. We all wanted FTR. What, why, why wasn't FTR there? You know, like, I want, I want an explanation because I stick up for Tony Khan all the time. And, I, and I'm just as much of a mark as you are. And I feel I've been kind of snubbed in a way. Like we, the guys want to work. They are do their proper due diligence. They should have had the tag belts a while ago. We put them on the acclaim, which I was all for. But in my mind, it was supposed to be rerouted back into FTR coming back and going for the belts. Even if, even if FTR doesn't take it off the guns right away, at some point there has to be retribution for getting, you know, getting, that win back from the guns, no? I mean, I'm going to say the words, let's let's wait and let's see how it plays out. Um, but I get that, but you expected it last night. So I'm, so I'm just trying to compare the ratings. So, you know, I think that's the issue is that we don't have 
a lot of the drawing power on the shows. And MJF is the top guy at the moment with Moxley and a few others. And I respect them. It's the wrong idea. But MJF is not ready yet to carry the torch, in my opinion. That's interesting. Okay. He's got the belt. Okay. And that's fine. I'm good with that. And he is probably arguably one of the best heels in the business. He's still young, though, in the game. You still need some other pieces to help carry the show. Do you, I mean, maybe it's just me, but I just think that I think that we need to get Punk somehow back involved. I also assume that possibly the Elite's going to lose the Trios Championship Sunday. If my prediction is correct, which is an early prediction here, um, you know, do we break Kenny and the Bucks up? Let Kenny do a solo thing? Because I think that also hurts is that you haven't just the elite be the elite. You're not allowing Kenny to go for anything, chase a belt or do anything, or at least make some type of a segment there. And then you have the Bucks who can't really go do anything tag team wise. So that's where I feel that if you separated those guys, bring back Punk or get Punk and FTR back versus the elite and use that work for, you know, that with all that, you know, media scrum as a, you know, part of the business, that's where your ratings are going to come back. Sorry, that's such a long answer, but it's, it's, I feel it's never, it's, it's going to keep being rocky like this for a long time until we finally get some type of like groundwork paved permanently. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm rushing it, but you know, I think the FTR part is where I'm starting to lose my patience. Interesting. All right. Uh, so let's, let's, let's talk about that for a second here. Um, first of all, I think that you bring up a very interesting point when it comes to star power. And if we're going to kill WWE, not we, me, kill WWE on the fact that they haven't built any stars, you got to take a shot a little bit at AEW in regards to, I think they have built stars, but the stars haven't reached the um, the precipice of where they should be after you know a four years and i agreed think, i think it's always interesting the idea and i think this is always going to be a battle where i think back in the in the night in the late 90s and we had the monday night monday night wars people cared about both companies they may have had a side but you did you actually did go and flip channels and you watched both brands or, or both companies or or like my father he had two tvs in the living room but yes we cared about both both programs. Right. Or, you know, back in the day when uh, up in uh, SUNY Oswego, before, you know, they told me not to come back, we would have, you know, wrestling nights where there was, you know, two screens on the uh, television or possibly three because you might be also watching, you know, Monday Night Football. So, I mean, it was kind of crazy. And then, of course, you know, at that time, you also had, you know, the replay right after uh, Monday Night Nitro. So, if you, right. before, you could watch that right afterwards. I mean, I also think, totally off su subject for a quarter of a second here. Is the idea? I don't know if you remember this, but like the first like couple of weeks of AEW Dynamite when it first started, there were multiple replays of the product. You had, I think, a one-hour version was on Saturday morning. You had, you know, the West Coast version. You also saw. I mean, I think that I understand that you know time is money, and you want to put with so many streaming things and everything else. You want to put as many things out there with the with the limited time that you have to to schedule things, but I really think that AEW should have you know 
another replay during the week. I mean, I like I don't know if you want to go and show on the East Coast, the West Coast, you know, feed at, you know, at 1 a.m. in the morning or whatever it is. But I do think that if there was a second replay of Dynamite, I mean, like, you know, you have, I know that, you know, there's 12 people out there who most likely watch, you know, Fox, uh, Fox Sports 2, I think it is, or F- uh, whatever the channel is. But you know that SmackDown is, and I know that it's not that many people. SmackDown is on, you know, Fridays at 8 o'clock Eastern on uh, on Big Fox, SmackDown. And then later on the week, it's on FS1 or FS2, depending on, you know, like I said, how many people are actually watching the FS1 or FS2 versions? You know, it's someone who's most likely, you know, forgetting to go and turn the channel off of, you know, college basketball or something. But I do think that having, you know, multiple multiple replays, especially when, you know, you don't have a deal with a Hulu where, you know, at this point you're not on H replays aren't on HBO Max. I don't think that I don't know what's on, you know, at three o'clock in the morning, you know, at one o'clock on TBS or TNT on most nights. But, you know, I would put on a second airing of it. I think that would kind of help still get your product out there more. But I think the key thing I was trying to say when I first started this ramble was that there are certain WWE fans, just like, you know, UFC fans, who are going to only watch that product either because they don't know the other product exists or because of, you know, loyalty to the Vince McMahon, Dana White, you know, world. But, you know... The amount of people who are going to watch, you know, Bellator or Elite XC or, you know, PFL or different different things when it comes to uh, mixed martial arts, we've had this conversation in the past. When you, If someone were to ask the average person what MMA is, they're going to say UFC. Or they may not even know that, they may believe that UFC is what MMA is. If you ask the average person... What what wrestling is, they're going to say WWE. You might have some people who may, you know, still remember from back in the day when, you know, supposedly 8 million people combined were watching wrestling, might, you know, say WCW. But, you know, you still have the, the old thing. I don't know if I'm sure you've heard these stories where back in the day when uh, Kurt Angle was in uh, Impact slash TNA, someone would see Kurt Angle in the airport and they'd be like, you know, why aren't you wrestling anymore? And, you know, he's like, uh, I wrestle for another company. I wrestle for for Impact or TNA. It's the same idea. There may be, you know, a bunch of people who remember Sting. I, you know, I think a good portion of those people may not know that Sting is, you know, crazy man at 61 or 62 years old is flying off of things in, you know, in AEW, you know? So, I mean, I do think that part of the thing is that, like, you know, football is the NFL. It's not the XFL. It's not the UFL, USFL. You know, product name is what a product name is. You know, Coke, Pepsi, people may not know what RC Cola is or whatever, you know, extreme version of these things. You're lucky that, you know, 10 people know what MLW is, you know? I mean, 
name recognition. We said this in the past where, you know, products only four years old. So you've got to go and allow for certain, you know, growth expectations. I just think that sometimes when you leave the WWE, no matter how big you are, people are going to forget you exist because if you're not in WWE, you're not, you don't really, you know, you're not, you're not a real thing, unfortunately. So. Right. Cause WWE is the big leagues to everyone. That's, or to, to the common fan or whatever, because WWE's been around the longest and they bought out WCW and they bought out ECW and they bought out this one and that one. So, yeah, so I, I, I get that sentiment. Um, I just I just think that ever since the the, 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 the media scrum thing at All Out, everything just kind of went down the tubes in some aspects. You know, like, it, it, it's a, and not all of it, not everything i shouldn't say that term but just saying that i think the momentum we had AEW had going into it then that whole thing happened it really deflated some of the you know it deflated some of the momentum and then every you know every hater of cm punk to ever come out you know came out of the woodwork you know climbed out of their rock mm-hmm. to try to make him look like you know you know, the baddest guy ever. I mean, people forget that Shawn Michaels was the biggest pain in the ass in the industry. Like, he was a horrible employee. And, I mean, yeah, he performed and did his part. But behind the scenes, he drove Vince nuts. He drove Vince absolutely crazy. And now, look, Shawn's now, you know, vindicated and all corrected and now running NXT. But, you know, and Punk's not even like that. And so it's like, I think that if, I'm hoping after Sunday we'll have a better perspective of where we're going and we can get into our predictions in a few minutes. I'm also hoping that there's some way that we bring back CM Punk. And it's oh. not just because it's it's not just because of my personal wants. I think it's best for business for the company. You know, let, let's I I was thinking about this because I listen to like 6,000 different podcasts, you know, a week because, you know, I, I have no life apparently, even when I have one, but I think this might've came out of the whole, uh, the busted open, uh, master's class, which I had a chance to hear about this past week. Cause you know, I was flipping through things and I wound up seeing it was uh, a great, it was a great listen. I'm glad you did listen to it. It was great. It yeah. was wherever you find, wherever you find your podcast, it's not part of their, their normal um, Sirius XM show. This is their their separate thing, which is just uh, podcast based. I believe it's uh, Sunday mornings, yep. usually forty five minutes to an hour. I guess you know you've got their their crew talking about you know I guess different experiences and different thoughts on the business. I guess, but that's enough of a plug for someone who doesn't pay us. Uh, but I I wonder this. Like everyone says, you know, hope you know back in the day. You do what's best. You, you you put all your 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 pettiness aside, and you get out your aggression in the ring. You tell great stories. You make money. Totally get that. And then with this information that we spoke about a couple of weeks ago, that you know there was a bigger fish out there that Dave Meltzer was talking about than Jay White, the WWE was going after. And then this week, Dave Meltzer said that that person was um, Kevin. Kevin, Jesus, got Kevin Owens on the mind. Uh, which was um, Kenny Omega. Kenny and we also heard that, you know, his contract was up in February, 
but they also put in apparently, I guess, the nine months of injury time. So he's most likely still there until, you know, at least uh, November. And this made me think about this. And I want you to take a, a couple of seconds to think about what I'm saying here before you jump in with the, your answer. If it came down to, if you're AEW and these guys can't get along, what's more important to AEW? Having FT and putting FTR in this is maybe a little unfair, but having FTR and CM Punk in your company, or having Kenny Omega and the Bucks, who are your 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 you know your foundation, you know, with your company. I mean, because I I don't know if we get to that point or not. I mean, me personally, I feel that we're hinting at the idea that they're that they're all coming back and maybe they don't work with each other, but they, you know, will figure out a way to work harmoniously and not see each other. But if, what do you do? If the, if, if you're, if, if you're, you know, your two options are bringing in CM Punk and an FTR or losing Kenny Omega and the young bucks, what do you do? Um, if, Right at this moment, like right now, I'm talking extensions with Omega and the Bucks now. That would make my decision. If they want to stay and, they, and they're they going to be the, the pillar or whatever, the pillars, you know, or the foundation of AEW, then I want now, if I'm, if I'm Tony Khan, I want a commitment now that you're going to stay and not go follow Cody. So that's, that's what I want. If that happens or not, go ahead. My question is, if you had to choose between the elite and FTR CM Punk, which one do you choose? Cause like I said, I'm hoping that's not what happens here. And I, like I said, I feel that we're most likely going to have Punk and FTR come back and, you know, in November and in November, we'll find out what, you know, uh, how much money Omega can, can say no to. Cause I'm okay. So, that, you know, so, you, contract, so you can't have both. All right. And, and no, con- just leave contracts out of it. So, all right. All right. That's my fault. Okay. So you're not going to like me for this, but I would keep Punk and FTR. And the reason why is because if everything that we've heard is kind of factual to some degree, it seems to me that Omega and the Bucks are part of the reason why this whole problem started in the first place. And to me, the way it was painted is that the Bucks and Omega, or at least definitely the Bucks and Hangman, were a little self-entitled and little, you know, too judgy about to accuse a man of taking, you know, of, of you know, of basically accusing Punk of getting, uh, what's his name, fired, uh, Cole Cabana. Mm-hmm. To me, that's a shit stir. I don't want that in my company. That's just me. I don't, I want people in the locker room that are going to get along. So I'm going to take the chance on Punk and FTR, sign them long-term if I can, even if Punk cannot perform like he used to 
he's still a draw. He will, he's controversial and he is a draw and he will bring the ratings to where I need it to be. You then put him with FTR. Say, say Punk a year from now can't really wrestle, right? You still put that man in FTR's corner and then build another piece behind him. That's still a great way of building AEW, in my opinion. Kenny and the Bucks, I, I've no disrespect to them. Like, I, I love them as performers. I mean, but what if they built? They, okay, they took money, their own money with Cody and then with Tony, and they invested in this, you know, making a, you know, AEW. And I'm grateful for it. And, I, and I'll always be grateful because I finally had an alternative that I wanted to watch. You know, during like normal hours, didn't have to get up at two in the morning to watch something, you know, yada, yada. You know, at that point, Ring of Honor was, you know, barely on TV. So it was a breath of fresh air to get all elite wrestling here. And I'm grateful for it. Same time, what have Kenny and the Bucks have done to make to make this better somehow? I mean, yes. Okay, so for the first year, neither one of them had titles, you know, Kenny or the Bucks. And then. They let other people have titles and stuff, but I still don't, I still, I don't, I don't see them building anyone else. And maybe I'm not seeing enough behind the scenes. Maybe on all access, the new show that comes out, I'll see it more, but I don't see the, I don't see that happening with them. I don't see them teaching the younger talent to perspire to where I can see punk and FTR literally, you know, building that community to where, you know, bringing up that talent. So, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I, I would go with Punk and FTR. I think it's an interesting conversation for an interesting discussion. I mean, I don't know if there's a right answer or a wrong answer at that. I mean, like I said, I'm hoping it's not something that has to be figured out. I mean. What's your answer? I want to know. I can't cop out of this. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> Good try. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's the elite. I think you, I think you have to go with the. The elite. I mean, you see, you saw diminishing returns from CM Punk with the ratings. The longer he was there, I mean, yes. Yeah, so Are you consistently more over a million with uh, with Punk than without Punk? That's what it looks like. The numbers say. Um, I love FTR. I mean, I don't know if FTR as big as you know. Needle movers as we want them to be. I think the future of the industry is the style of, you know, Kenny Omega and the Bucks. I think that I, I'm I think that, you know, Kenny does, you know, a ton of stuff when it comes to the women's division. I think that we mentioned earlier the idea that I think that Tony misfigured out or misjudged. The idea, the fact that we all, I think most people wanted trios titles, but the, I don't think he expected either due to injury or other factors that you couldn't at this point balance your tri your trios division and your tag team division at the same time. Fair. Like the idea of the only reason why you had the Bucks in a tag team match against Top Flight was to set up a trios title match is a little bit of a, is a problem. It's something that's got to be read, readjusted. You know, I mean, you have, you have, you know, very, very honestly, you know, possibly the best tag team of the last decade 
in uh in um the the young bucks and since they've been back i believe they've had that the only tag team match that they've had since you know uh, brawl out is a match against top flight was the match versus top flight really 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 good absolutely it was you know it's they have to figure out a way to balance a trios division and a tag team division. I mean, every, you know, I don't know how many, how big the tag team divisions are in Mexico where, where they have, you know, where the idea of the trios title, I think kind of came about. So I don't know how they fully make both of those things work, but, you know, like in new Japan, you have the, uh, the never six man titles, those titles, depending on who has them, they come some come across as a joke. But, you know, I don't even know if they do a great job of balancing trios titles and tag team titles. And, like, in New Japan, you've got trios titles, you've got, uh, you've got your heavyweight tag team titles, and then you've got your junior tag team titles. So they've got three, you know, multi-man, you know, tag team title things there. So, I mean, I don't – and I know I'm going a little bit off of the topic – and I think that's kind of might be kind of the reason why Kenny and the Bucks aren't being used maybe to their fullest potential because you are starting a new division and you want it to have some of your faces of your company be the spokesman for the division. But I do think that's very hard. And I think you, you see that with um, going back to like the WWE women's division, where I think more than the idea of the WWE men's division, you you should have the the world title, you know, split in two. I think that that's one of the things that hurts, you know, WWE's women's division so much is the fact that either the lack of depth or the lack of storytelling or just the, the lack of passion you might have. The idea of having two sets of titles, like for the women's, the women's division in WWE, I think hurts the overall idea of a women's title. Same thing with, I think the idea of having as over as the acclaimed are, and I think the acclaimed should still have the titles most likely. And and with your option, I think they most likely should win the titles back on Sunday. But, you know, I think it's very hard to have either based on you don't want guys to get hurt or you don't you know, having, you know, multiple storylines. The idea of, you know, the Lucha Brothers aren't, you know, are barely having any tag team matches because they're, you know, involved for a long time with the trios titles with Pac. I think that's part of the reason, and I know that's not where we initially started with this conversation, but I do think that's part of the problem that you have. Tony Khan has to figure out a way to make both titles mean something. Agreed. I like that. Yeah, you're you're spot on about that. You know, so, I mean, but what do you? Th- if it's you, do you go and I? I'm, and once the cat's out of the bag, so we, that's, I've always thought that to be a weird thing. The cat's out of the bag. Was the cat about to die, you know, because he didn't have the oxygen in the bag? I don't know where that the cat out of the bag thing came from. But what do you do here? Do you either put do you I'm not saying you get rid of your, I mean, maybe you do. You get rid of your tag team titles and you just focus on trios, because I mean you can't say time to trios matches can be more exciting. But I mean, how do you balance with the idea of limited TV time? And everything else, how do you go and have, unless you don't have the Bucks as part of your trios division, 
how do you balance the Bucks having, and especially with limited time, the Bucks having tag team matches and trios matches, or the best friends, and if you want to say the best friends and Rocky Romero, if he's available, or the best friends and Orange Cassidy, how do you go with such a bloated roster? You're going to have these guys doing both, you know? I mean, and if you know that these guys are groups of quote-unquote friends and they work together, how do you say that maybe your best option for your trios division are now not part of your tech division. I mean, at one point, the uh, for you know what, a year plus, people said that the best thing about uh, AEW was they had the deepest tech team division in all of wrestling. With your trios, do you real with the dual focus and the limited amount of time? Do you really have either one? Do you have the best trios division in all of wrestling, or do you have the best you know tech team division in all of wrestling right now? Yeah, it's tough. Right, I, I agree. I uh, I think at some point you have, to, you have to develop other trios, you know, contenders, and you got to put the Bucks back in tag team form, bring back FTR, and then your then your division is is solid again, your tag team division, and then you worry about building the trios from there. You know, I would you, know, you could put Orange Cassidy with the best friends, you know, or, or even use the best friends and. Bring back oh, what's his name, uh, Rocky Romero, something like that, or Dan you know, Housen, or somebody. Dan Housen. Right, right, right. You know that route, and then you can, there's other ways of building other you know things. The tag team belts have to be the priority. I mean, I'm again, the, the trios are great. I'm throwing an idea, but you know, if you're going to keep both, which I want them to keep both, your tag team belts have to stay you know current. So you. So bring in the Bucks. And that's why I think if Punk does come back, I'm sorry to go back to this, but we never got to see Punk and Omega. That 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 is business to be made. Like that, like we all want to see that. I want to see it. And even if it's you know an older punk that can't necessarily go the way he did 10 years ago, I don't care. I still want to see Punk and Omega. You know, like Punk doesn't have to even go, you know, for the heavyweight heavyweight belt. I don't. Punk doesn't need the belt to be relevant, in my opinion, at all. So let's get Punk and Omega, you know, in a storyline. Let's get FTR and Bucks in a storyline, and then you can do a trios match if you want on a random Wednesday night or on a Friday night, or you're in Chicago or you're in California and you want to do something big like that, whatever. And then you know, have your storylines play out. I feel that is how we can get. All everything we talked about for the past 30 minutes wrapped up in a nice bow surrounds around those six people. If I, I really feel that's that's the way you got to go. And then it buys you time to keep building MJF, to have your situation with Daniel Bryan. And then whatever happens Sunday, who is the next contender for whoever wins that match? And you keep these six wrapped up over here. And that's still a draw. Just my opinion. Sure. And last thing on this, I swear this time. If you think about within the last year, when it's come to this AEW taking division, Santana has gone hurt. So your proud and powerful are, are gone. You've broken up, and I think it was mostly the right decision. You've broken up, you know, Jurassic Express. You've gone and, let's see, you, you've gone and, you know. Swerve and, uh, and um, uh, Keith Lee. Uh, Keith Lee, yep. Separated them. You know, I mean, that's just a couple off the top of your head, but you have a super. Oh, you had at one point you had Moxley and Kingston as as a tag team. They're they're now doing you know different things. 
you had it looked like you had for a little while Brian and and uh and Moxie as a tag team. I mean, you I know we don't believe in the WWE Vince McMahon style of things are the only reason why you have a tag team is so you can break him up and someone becomes a single star. That's not what we, you know, that's not what we believe. But the idea, the fact that you, you did have the strongest tag team division, but due to storylines and injuries to develop things, things would happen. I mean, you know, when people thought it was the best division in the world, you also had, you know, you had Hangman and Omega together. They're no longer together. And I think it's the absolute right thing. You have, you know, um, Kyle O'Reilly, you know, got hurt. He's out for, it looks like a, a year. Bobby Fish was, you know, unhappy. He's gone. So, you know. I know Dragon, right? Right. They're gone. You've got, you know, so many different things based on the stories that they want to tell, injuries and different things. You're not, you know, you don't have the depth right now of what you want. I mean, you could be upset the fact that, you know, the truth busters are on your TV or, or different people here. And then I don't know why I brought the truth busters. It just popped in my head. But I think everything goes in cycles. And I don't think, you know, the AW take division is always going to be as 50-50 as it is right now, you know. But um, we could talk about a ton of things. But but let's go and let's move on right now to the AW uh, paper, quarterly pay-per-view that's coming up on Sunday. Okay. Um, as I slowly cough very quickly, let uh, – I say this to you, I say this to Jason, I say to whoever I do, you know, shows with, of course. What is your what is your interest level right now of this show? Because And I'll give you mine right off the top. I love AEW, we all know that. But as of right now, I if I wasn't doing a podcast, I don't know if I would be running and jumping to go and order this show for 60 bucks or 50 bucks, you know, on Sunday. But what's your initial, before we get to the nitty gritty here in a moment, as I always say, what is your interest level in this show? A uh, scale of one to ten. Sure, one to ten, one to five. Uh, a scale of one to ten, uh, a six or a seven. Wow. Is no. that okay? Yeah, uh, only because. Well, there's only because of two reasons. One, MGF and the, um, you know, I want to see MGF and Danielson. But the other reason, you know, uh, I'm I'm intrigued by Moxley and uh, Hangman. And, I, and I, I, I'm really enjoying the development of Ricky Starks. So uh, maybe that's just me being a little bit of a, you know, bias because I like Starks a lot. And I think he's got a great future. And I actually didn't care for Starks when he first came in. Um, you know, he, he grew on me like big time. Uh, so I think that's where my interest has peaked. Um, I'm kind of disappointed or not disappointed but just kind of like meh about the women's match and you know i love hater you know i actually love all three i think they're great performers but i think i'm still stuck on i can't wait for the brick baker turn on hater so i think that's why that one's just kind of like mad at me i mean i'll watch it you know because it's part of the card but um the three matches i mentioned the reason why i would buy i can see that uh so Starting off from the top, we know so far as a result of uh, Rampage this week, we are going to be getting uh, at least one match for the Zero Hour, which will be Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern. That's their free, uh, you know, here's a little taste before you buy. Uh, you buy. Uh, that will be on YouTube TV. Uh, no, I'm sorry, YouTube. 
and I guess other many other places. We've got you the know, that. You know, I'm watching that because you know I'm a Briscoe Mark. You know, I'm watching that. And if I, if I had to, if I had to pay ten bucks just to watch that, I'd watch that. But that's because I'm a Mark. Well, you're, well, you're kind of doing that now, but we'll get into that in a, hopefully in a few minutes. Um, we got the <laughs> athletes and Ari Davari. The varsity athletes are Tony uh, Tony Nice and Josh Woods versus Mark Briscoe and the Lucha Brothers. Um, I don't know if you got a chance to watch um, Rampage this past week. I know it's been a busy couple of days for all of us, but uh, they set this up in a backstage segment working off of what happened in the Casino Battle Royal, which I think they screwed up that Casino Battle Royal in a couple of ways this past week, but we don't have to get into that. But that for right now, that's the one match that we know for sure, which will be in the uh, zero hour, a.k.a. the buy-in. Any quick thoughts on uh, Briscoe and the Lucha Brothers taking together against the varsity athletes and Ari Devard? I would have never thought. I mean, I don't, I don't remember there being any history there. And if I'm wrong, please correct me. But I kind of like the idea. It's, it's different. It's different. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. And uh, as always, a lot of these shows, if there's nothing really crazy to talk about, we'll just quickly go over the match and not, you know, go into super in depth. Um, I think that's a great opener. I mean, I would think we'll get, you know, at least two more matches for the pre-show uh, either today or we'll find out tomorrow. I mean, AEW does have a uh, quote unquote, I guess, special version of AEW Dark, that, which is airing tonight on, you know, YouTube making part of the whole entire uh, weekend of festivities for uh, revolution. Um, I, I could, I could very honestly expect maybe we get a Jade title match, maybe with Rio having her two straight wins. Maybe we get Jade versus Rio on the show. Maybe we get some other stuff on there. Um, but let's see, let's, let's start from the bottom to the top. And uh, this, the, the lineup is courtesy of uh, F4W. That's where I have it. So if there's any, you know, problems that are incorrect we can blame you know the guys there um final burial match christian cage versus jungle boy this has been a feud that's been going on for quite a while due to injury it had to go and be put on the shelf to, to allow christian cage to get back um they had a match earlier this year quote unquote at all out where christian basically uh beat jungle boy you know a couple of seconds because of the injury um, I don't know if we get the return of uh, Luchasaurus maybe in this match. I know you have a pay-per-view coming up and you you want to go and get, you know, quote-unquote star power for the people who may think Christian Cage is a star. But I would have held off and done this either on a to headline a Dynamite or a, uh, or a Rampage. I just think that with the short build, basically two weeks, I don't think this would be the right place for Jungle Boy versus Christian. I mean, I think we spoke about a couple of weeks back that Jungle Boy's story was he was trying to go for a singles title. I would have most likely had, you know, maybe Jungle Boy versus Orange Cassidy for the All-Atlantic. And you had the return of Christian Cage, maybe either costing him or after, you know, Jungle Boy either won or lost. You would have had, you know, you set it up for there and then you have that, you know, for an upcoming show. I don't know if you have any thoughts on on this match, I think the final burial, I think it sounds like it's some sort of like buried alive type of match. Never been a huge fan of those type of matches, but you have any thoughts on what they do? Do they just blow this off and Jungle Boy wins or 
what, what's your quick, I guess, prediction on this match? I would assume that uh, Luchasaurus is involved somehow, like you said. I think the way you played it out before would have been better. You know, have Jungle Boy face like you know, Orange Cassidy and have Cage kind of like, you know, interfere and screw him over. So it's interesting that they're doing it this way. I'll watch it. Um, you know, I am a Jungle Boy guy, so I root for Jungle Boy. But I think Christian Cage wins. I think they have to drag this out a little bit because I don't know where to go next. You're just going to button this up now and then move on. So, you know, it's, you know, I figure they do something with Cage, have him win, and then loop it into something else somewhere to where it is a final, you know, about somewhere where Jungle Boy gets his, you know, chance to, you know, redeem himself. Wow. Okay. So we have a, a match called the final, final burial and it's not the final. All right. We'll see what happens there. But I do think, like I said, the general idea is I think it sh- both these guys are good work. It should be a fun match. I just wish that they gave us a little, it's weird for a few that, has been going on for, you know, over a year. And I'm saying I wish we gave it a little more time. That's just based on the fact that Christian just came back and you would have maybe a little bit more of a build before this match happening. Well, uh, that, that's, my, that's my thing, though. Like, so, yeah, I know it's the final burial, but, you know, if Luchasaurus comes in and interferes again, then, you know, how is that the final result? Like, I mean, I guess I guess it could just be that way and then, you know, they just move well, on. But I don't know. All right, uh, we got... And like I said, we're just going by the listing of how they listed it on the website. Texas Deathmatch, which it's, it is kind of funny that in years past, every, you always hear, we're going to have a Texas death match For this whole entire feud, it's been called Texas, Texas Death, which I think is just kind of silly. Um, John Moxley versus Hangman Page. This is the exact opposite of Christian Cage versus Jungle Boy, where this feud, due to the fact that they've both been around for you know the last couple of months, the story, the promos, I know that people, uh, your boy, uh, Ted from uh, iHeart and yours and everywhere else, there's a Ted uh, Cagney. His ongoing joke is the idea that, you know, just Moxley bleeds. But I think the Moxley-Hangman match has been built really well. I would have Hangman win this and have either Hangman being the next challenger for, um, for the MJF. Uh, Danielson winner. That's where I would go, but I think this will be a a crazy match. I think it's going to be a lot of fun, and I do think that this could be the the, the match that steals the show. Yeah, I can see that. That's what I think is going to happen. I think putting Paige over is the right move, and we know that Moxley will put people over because he's done it before. Yep. Uh, so I think it is the right move, and I I can see page being pushed into the next you know contender for the heavyweight belt um that um, unless there's a pairing down the road of page and and adam cole or something which you know we will we won't know until adam cole is actually returns to the ring you know and and he's able to go on a more permanent basis so yeah why not why not put page in the uh, world title hunt uh, Chris Jericho versus your newfound uh, guy, Ricky Starks. JAS is banned from ringside. Um, I thought the first match was, was good on that. I believe it was the uh, January 4th show in Seattle, the Dynamite. I've always been a fan of Chris Jericho. He's one of the greatest of all time at what he does. 
I just, I hope that whatever happens here, this feud is over after this. I mean, Chris Jericho has gotten a lot of people over, but the Chris Jericho style of getting people over is having these super long feuds. And I think sometimes you don't have to have a seven-month feud for something to be good. And I'd love to see Ricky Starks win this match, but I, I could see them, you know, this could be an easy way to have a new member of the JAS uh, be, you know, brought in, you know, much like back in the day where you had, you know, like a, a Jeff Cobb come in for either a one-off or whatever, but not really being part of the JSA, but being a, a hired guy by Jericho. And this could be a way you start a new feud for Ricky Starks. Um, my gut says that Ricky Starks wins. Being, you know, Chris Jericho and, you know, you you need a best of three and everything, you know, in, when it comes to wrestling. I could see Jericho winning, but I. It's, it's awful to say it this way, but I just want Ricky Starks to move on to something else. So I, I want to see uh, see, so we got the AEW World Trio Championship, which we've spoken about kind of in ways for a good portion of this show. We've got the Elite coming in as champions versus the House of Black. Um, I think the House of Black have to win this. With the start, the start stop with either because of, you know, Aleister Black, uh, Malachi Black's uh, mental um, mental health issues that things have, you know, were put on hold for a little while, but. At some point, you've got to pull the proverbial trigger with making the House of Black mean actual something, just not being the quote-unquote creepy guys that do weird promos. You have three incredible workers. I mean, you could think that Buddy Murphy uh, or Buddy Matthews is maybe not as good as the hype says at points. I mean, I was really hoping in the lead-up to this, we got a 15-minute, you know, Buddy Matthews Versus, you know, Kenny Omega match. I would I would hope that House of Black wins. And like you said, maybe the elite moves on to other things for the short term. What's your thoughts here? Do we get House of Black, you know, finally getting titles? Or do the do the mainstays of the company, the elite, hold on to the titles for a little bit longer? No, it's got to go to the House of Black. I, at least I hope so. Uh, this will play into hopefully my whole scheme of the elite then doing something else and possibly you know the bucks having a run with someone and kenny can then do his own little singles thing um you know i get the whole like protecting kenny from coming back from his injury and all that and i'm happy that they were able to do the seven you know seven match series with uh you know um lucha bros uh, right right lucha bros and uh Pac, you know and all that but uh I think it's time to, to, you know, change the belts over, let the House of Black have it. Let's get a new contender for the House of Black to kind of have a program with, and then we can, the elite can do their own thing from there. Okay. Uh, AEW World T Tag Team Championships. Uh, the Guns coming in as champions earlier this month, uh, defeating the Acclaim uh, versus the Acclaim versus Jarrett and Lethal versus Orange Cassidy and Danhausen, who won the Casino Battle Royal, which was didn't really seem like a Casino Battle Royal because there was no Joker and everything else. Um, 
the obvious answer is to get, put the title back on the acclaimed. Yep. I just think it would be interesting for a short-term thing, maybe having Cassidy and Dan Housen have the titles. Um, Jeff Jarrett better not have that title or I will lose my shit. That's all I got to say. I mean, Jared and Lethal have been entertaining. Um, uh, stop I saying. Think, uh, I think I think the guns have actually gone more into their own, being better promos and different things since that they did everything. I mean, I think the stuff that Jared, Lethal, and the guns have done over the last two weeks of basically taking out all their competition with these, you know, behind the scenes or backstage, you know, segments, I think have been done well. Um, of course, everyone in their mother, like you said, wanted to see FTR in this match. And I think if you make this a five-way match with the FTR coming in, I think that could be a little bit too convoluted almost. So, I mean, I could see the FTR, if they are returning, maybe coming in after the match and setting up, you know, a challenge, you know, going forward. I mean, I don't know when their next Battle of the Belts is, but, I mean, you could set that up. Um, I'm going to go with the Acclaimed. I'm not sure if they're going to win, but I, I think that's the uh, – I think that's the best choice. It claimed it's what I want. I can still see a, a version of the guns winning and then FTR coming out, you know, wanting to challenge them. Um, but I hope it's the acclaimed. And so, I mean, like, Ozzy, like, I, you know, would you love to see Ozzy open in this match? Sure. But I mean, yes. how many times can you beat a team that's, you know, coming in and you might be thinking about possibly signing at some point? You know what I mean? They had a great match against the Young Bucks on, on Rampage, you know, uh, last week. They were part of the four-way this past week on Rampage, which they did not get pinned. They lost both of the uh, the Battle Royals they were in. I mean, you're going to put people in matches, and especially if they're not signed, it's hard to go and put them, not even put them over, but put them in, you know, a high-profile match where you don't actually – have them under contract, you know? So, I mean, we'll see about that. Uh, TNT championship match, Samoa Joe versus Wardlow. I think the build has been solid for this. I don't think it's been blow away great. I think it's more interesting on the idea of what they do due to the fact that you have next week, you have the face of the revolution winner, um, Hobbs, you know, getting a title shot. So, I mean, do you go and have two title changes in a week? Because, I mean, I do think there is a le legitimate chance that Hobbs could win this title. I mean, I, I, I've said this out loud to everyone who could hear. I love the idea of the king of television gimmick with Samoa Joe. I mean, you feel bad in your own way for Wardlow where he kind of was getting the push and it kind of just went away. Partly it was because he was, you know, of the – I think he had a small – you know, surgery that it did. And, you know, I don't have a problem with, you know, the TV title back like in WCW, where it was a, it was a title where you could see different people win the title at any time. But the idea of having, you know, basically four title changes in a month or a month and a half, I think is just too much. I'm going to go, my heart says Joe. I think Wardlow's winning this, but I'm going to go with Joe. What's your thoughts? I think Wardlow's winning this. Um, the, the only way he's not winning it 
is if he was going to be pushed up to go, you know, be a contender against MJF or something. If you're going to circle back to that whole storyline, but, but no, I think Wardlow's winning and I think they're going to have a few between Wardlow and uh, powerhouse Hobbs. I can see some type of run in somewhere next week or something causing powerhouse Hobbs not to, not to get the belt. And then there'll be a nice program between those two, um, you know, for a good, you know, month or two, whatever going from there. But, you know, it'll be interesting to see, but my gut says Wardlow. Very interesting. And we didn't get just talk about, but just want to say very quickly that match on, on Wednesday was effing amazing. You can like or dislike other parts of the show, but that uh, face of the revolution uh, ladder match. Oh yeah. Commander was not under contract as of this point with uh, the stuff that he did with the ropes was phenomenal. Hobbs looked really good. Uh, Katesha was really good. Everyone in that match worked really hard. I mean, I, I, I think that, you know, Sammy Guevara has all kidding aside, might have a screw loose with some of the, the dive that, you know, that he does. I mean, I think that, and apparently that initially they wanted to get Vakingo from AAA, but he wasn't available. That's why they got commander in the match. If you could figure out a way to, I know you've got so many guys, but if you could figure out a way to have a, either a dual contract with AAA and AEW, but commander, I don't know if the guy can talk a lick of English, but commander was special. I don't know if you agree or not, but. Totally agree. And I don't care about having a ton of talent. We have two different wrestling companies now, you know, with, with ROH being up and running now. So I don't care. Like I, that guy deserves a contract. I want that guy. That guy was great. He, he was a key component to that match being as phenomenal as it was. So yeah, no, he's, you know, I'm not letting the guy leave the arena until I have something worked out. Right. And, uh, Last thing, because it always is never the last thing, because it's the way my mind works. Um, people were giving so much crap online. I don't even think it was WWE homers who were doing this. Maybe it was, but the idea of the ref- I don't know if you saw this or not, but the I idea saw of the referees having to hold the um, the ladder for Hobbs when he was going up. I think that's the biggest non-story than just people wanting to complain. I mean, I spoke to you in the past and uh, last week, and I said that I think the perfect song to to explain the world as is, and especially the world of wrestling, the song from the mid '90s by the band Garbage, you know, saying "We're only I'm only happy when it rains," aka I'm only happy when I complain about something. So true. I mean. There's been many times in WWE where referees had to hold the, you know, hold the, uh, the ladders and I'll give WWE hundred percent credit the way that they shoot things. A lot of times you may not notice it, but what do you want to happen? Do you want one of your performers to break his neck? I mean, I guess you could say the fact that they could have taken an extra seven seconds or 30 seconds when everything is timed out to go and get another ladder for him to go on. But I think that would have even looked, you know, faker or you know more choreographed the idea that there's nobody in the ring and you're going to give people more time to go and have a chance to stop you from winning the match you know i mean maybe you disagree but i mean and i also thought in my eyes and maybe it's because i'm like the aw homer and i really like Hobbs, but the idea of you have all of these referees basically holding it 
holding the ladder for Hobbs. I thought Hobbs looked like a uh, a total badass where he's basically on top of the whole entire world where you have these lowly referees to make sure that they didn't get their ass kicked. The monster of Monk, that's monster of Monk, man, uh, Braun Strowman, but I thought he looked like a badass. I don't know what you thought or if you even cared when it happened. I mean, honestly, I I thought it was, a, you know, like it's a total non-story. But I thought Hobbs looked like a badass. The idea that he had all of is basically, you know, like when you have like 300 different things where you have all the minions sitting there or, you know, at the feet of this this conquering hero. I loved it. I, I, I think it's you're looking out for your talent. You know, you, you know, the referees there. Yes. To, to decide, you know, to, you know, announce a decision and, and ref the match, but also to protect the talent. That's what the whole point of having a referee out there is to you know, make sure no one is seriously hurt and to, you know, prevent injuries. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with them holding the ladder. I mean, plus, it's not like Sammy Guevara was going up on that ladder, you know, at, at the end there. You know, that's 300 pounds, you know, of all muscle there. I mean, that guy takes a fall and it's not going to end well. Right. So, I mean, if you know, he was the last one standing in the ring at that point, climbs up the ladder. I had no issue with it. Okay, could they have changed the camera angle a little bit? Fine. But again, like you said, it's exactly like the song. You know, people aren't happy unless they have something to complain about. And it's, it's nonsense. It's complete nonsense. Yeah. Only happy when it rains. Um, we got another two matches here. AW Women's World uh, Championship. Jamie Hayter going in as champion versus Ruby Soho versus Soraya. I'm in two minds here. I've loved, loved, absolutely loved the Jamie Hayter title, uh, title reign so far. I think she is, you know, most likely the best worker in that company right now in the women's uh, division. I think Ruby Soho at some point very soon needs to win a title because she can't always be the bridesmaid, not the bride, I think is the, is the, is the statement. And if and at the same point, if you're building this idea of Soraya and Tony Storm being, you know, these outsiders that people should fear, Usually with these things, just like with the NWO, like it or not, one of the things that made the NWO seem like it was a credible threat was the fact that they they put they put the title on Hogan. You had this you had this new group, and you had you had they had a title to show true strength and dominance. I don't want Jamie to lose a title, but I don't know if you can go wrong here. I would have Jamie keep the title, not even with you saying the idea of continuing the idea of Brit at some point doing the turn. But if Ruby Riot won the title, I wouldn't Ruby Riot, sorry, Ruby Soho won the title. I wouldn't be mad at it for storyline wise. Soraya winning the title. I wouldn't be mad at it. What, what's your point of view on this? I mean, I secretly want Jamie Hayer to win because that's that's my girl. Like that's, you know, I, you know that's my one of my favorites. But I love, but I like all three, so I have no problem with it. I'm gonna go with a shot in the dark, and no, you're gonna kill me for it. But I just something tells me this is where the Brit turn comes in, and wow. Brit's gonna turn. Brit's gonna interfere. Soraya's gonna win, and Brit's gonna join the outside. You know the the new the new crew. I don't know why, and, I, and I'm probably gonna get torched for it. But anyone who listens to this podcast, no, no. but I. My, my gut just feels that that's what's going to happen. I just, I don't know why, but that would be a perfect way to get the turn that we want to have eventually Jamie versus Brett. I mean, I know there's other good ways too, but that's my opinion 
the perfect way. So you have Brits, you know, step in, screw over Jamie, Soraya gets the belt, and then you have that. You could have Ruby win too, but then but then it wouldn't necessarily be the same, you know, unless Ruby is joining Soraya and Tony Storm as well. I feel, you know, Britt helps Soraya. Uh, Soraya wins. Britt turns on Jamie. And then maybe Ruby goes and helps Jamie, you know, stays with Jamie. And then that's where you have your new kind of like setup, you know, uh, you know, Rebel, you know, maybe stays with Jamie instead of Britt. Uh, we can work all the all that extra stuff out later, but I think this is where Britt finally comes in to kind of make it messy. I'll be honest. I kind of like Britt as a baby face. I kind of like two of them together to stay, but I totally understand anybody who wants to see that happen. Um, final match on this show, 60-minute Ironman match, the AW World Championship, MJF versus Brian Danielson. My brain says that MJF is... You've got this, like we've spoken in past weeks, you've got the story of him being, you know, the champion for basically the whole entire year, being the the terror that for the, you know, who basically is going to hold his title forever. Um, but you know what? Everything that's been going on, I'm, part of my head thinks that Brian Danielson might win this match. I know it's crazy. And I think someone else said this on, uh, I don't remember where it was, to be honest. I'd give credit if I could remember. But you know what? MJF could go and lose a title and win the title back. He does, you know, he's that type of character that can go and win, you know, doesn't have to have the, doesn't have to have a year title run, but he's, he'll have the title. He'll be in, you'll basically have a title the whole year. I think MJF's going to, I think MJF will win, but I'm going to go and say Brian Danielson wins. Um, do you think that uh, do you think Danielson actually has a chance, or do you think that MJF's reign of terror will continue on for the moment? How does Brian Danielson not win after the whole program and everything he's been through to get to this part? How does he not win? Like, and I I do think MJF still wins, but I want Danielson to win. But how does he not win? That's this is where I'm torn. The way this whole program is is played out, and how the storytelling aspect of it, and then MJF even going into making it personal because he's kind of you know envious of the fact that you know Brian has what he wants, which is a family and children and all that. You know where this I. This one could be going either way, and I wouldn't know it unless something was exposed during the match, you know, to show it. And the thing is, I don't know if MGF has ever gone 60 minutes before, has he? I don't uh, think he has. Not even the MLW, right? He's never gone 60 minutes that we're aware of. Yeah. So, I mean, Brian Danielson is the one of, if not the best in the, you know, in the business, you know, as far as technical fighting and being able to, to go. Um, somehow I think they keep the belt on MJF, but I want Danielson to win. All right. So we're on agreement. We think that MJF's going to win, but we'd love to see Brian, Brian win. I mean, it is funny though. And I know that Brian's super over and he's always going to be over. He's basically Ray Mysterio in a way. 
But at some point, you would think Brian's got to win one of these titles. You know, it, you just you would think that, but who knows? Um, so after discussing this, I'm a little bit more interested, which I think is kind of the reason why I always do these pre- these long form previews to get my to get my my interest level, you know, a little bit more up, get myself a little hyped. Uh, we're not hyped. We stay hyped. Um, <laughs> do you? All right. Last thing about AEW. I don't know if you had a chance to see it, but in the uh, and this will lead into our last last topic in a way. Um, in in his media, I believe it was in the media scrum that he did for the to preview the show. He said that there are more more major announcements coming. Do you think at this point he's got to go? Uh, Tony should just stop with saying there are major announcements. I think we brought this up last week, but. Do you, do you think that he kind of, not that he's putting his, you know, sticking his uh, foot in his mouth here, but do you think at some point he's just got to go and not make everyone get so hyped? It's even weird to say that you want, you want your, you want your people hyped for things, but is he almost a little bit too being too much of a promoter? Yeah, but I think that's just a learning curve. I think he just is trying to, you know, I think one of the guy he's just an excited person. Like he has that personality. He just gets excited because he really is a fan at the end of the day. You know, yes, he's, you know, gotten better at it and being a promoter, but he was, you know, and will always kind of be a wrestling fanboy, right? So uh it's uh it's it's not necessarily a bad thing. He just gets super excited about it. So I think at some point he needs to find a way to make it so it's not as much of a big deal, but make it still aware. So there's a balance somewhere. I don't know how you get that in his position, but that that's my, that's my take on it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like I said, I don't know if there's a right answer to it, but the other thing that came out was after AW went off the air on, uh, on Wednesday, every favorite, everyone's favorite partner. Uh, Eddie Kingston via social uh, social media post went and was with Lacey Nair and said that he quit AEW. Now, I know you didn't get a chance to watch all of uh, Ring of Honor uh, yet for this past week, um, but I'm going to spoil something for you if you haven't seen all the photos that have come out, which I'm sure you have. I saw the photo already. It's Miller put it up like immediately and I already saw it. I put it first. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Did you? Yeah. I, well, I well, I saw it's I saw it's his uh, post first, so I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. Um, but we had Eddie Kingston come out at the end of the first episode of Ring of Honor and say, you know, I'm I'm a 10.99. I can work. You know, I'm an independent contractor. I'm coming into a I'm coming into Ring of Honor, and we're hopefully setting up. You know, Super Card of Honor uh, in. Friday of WrestleMania, setting up hopefully Eddie Kingston versus um, Claudio. Which excuse me, excuse me, you were right. I was wrong. You did. It was you who posted it first because you said, "Can I have this, please?" or something like that. You said something in your caption. So I'm, you're, uh, I'm wrong. You're right. It was you who I saw it first. I remember you were all over this. What I do. Uh, <laughs> but but I was. Le- Yes, I'm a monster. But le- leading into this was during the 
during the press, during this media scrum or whatever it was, Tony Khan had to literally tell somebody, which I'm reading this. I didn't have a chance to listen to the whole entire uh, media scrum yet, but he had to tell someone that Eddie Kingston in storyline, it's a storyline. He didn't actually quit. It's storyline. He's going over to uh, to Ring of Honor. Push comes to show. Yeah. And this, someone asked, I guess, about Eddie Kingston uh, quitting the company or something. He's like, it's a storyline. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, whatever. It's here or there. It's, not, it's actually not that big of a deal compared to some other stuff that uh, happens out there. But let's get into our final topic of the day. And then we'll I'll bring up one last thing at the very end while we say goodbye, just because there's no time to talk about it, unfortunately. Uh, we have the return of Ring of Honor. Uh, basically, a year ago, the company was purchased and saved by Tony Khan, everyone's favorite TK. Is there any of the TKs that we know? Oh, Toby Keith, I guess. Um, but we had the return of Ring of Honor this past uh, Thursday. Uh, Harry hasn't had a chance to watch the whole show yet. I had a chance over the last couple of days to to watch it. Um, I thought the return of Ring of Honor, and I'm not, I don't know if I'm the only person who said this, but the best wrestling program of the week. I know we we haven't had the pay-per-view yet, and I'm hoping that like every like most AEW pay-per-views, it will deliver beyond our wildest expectations. But Ring of Honor, it's so so great to have you back. I don't know if I love the idea of the show being, I think, two hours and like eleven minutes long. I think we most likely need to sh- to figure this out where there's already so much wrestling. The idea of two two more hours of the week, it's a little much. But I thought top to bottom, I'm not going to say it's old. It's not. It's old Ring of Honor. But you had a little bit of everything. You had great matches. I thought you had character development. You You set up things for the upcoming weeks. I thought that promo at the end that Eddie... Uh, Eddie did on Claudio. And like I said, this is a, maybe a slight spoiler. You haven't had a chance to hear the promo yet. But Eddie Kingston comes out and says, you know, he's part of uh, Ring of Honor. I went and promised to my best friend, uh, John Moxley, that I wouldn't go and fight you on uh, on AEW. But I'm here to, to basically kick your ass and get this title in uh, in Ring of Honor. Thought it was brilliant. And, uh, you know, Claudio went and basically just walked away because, you know, he's, uh, you know, the Ring of Honor champion, the Code of Honor. And, you know, you could say that Eddie wasn't being honorable in his actions. And I'm sure over the next, you know, five weeks of storytelling, he will go and uh, or four and a half, whatever it is, they will go and tell the story. And I'm pretty sure based on all the pictures that have come out on the way that they were looking at each other with, you know, the Supercard of Honor in the background. I'm pretty sure this will be our, our match, and I think it's going to be a, an awesome match. If it was me, I would put the title on, on Eddie Kingston, but you had great matches. You had Zack Sabre Jr. versus Blake Christian. You had Tchetschko versus Josh Woods, who I don't know how much uh, you saw of Josh Woods in the, uh, in the original ROH, but during the pandemic era, he was spectacular. I thought they had a killer match. I mean, this is a bigger conversation for another time on what you actually want to do with, uh, with you know, certain guys and being an AW or 
uh, Ring of Honor. But I would say that people should go out of their way. And I know that once again, and this is a whole thing that you're telling people how to spend their own money. But with the back catalog and everything else, I think that the $10, even if you want to give it a one month to to see the buildup for, you know, Supercard of Honor, for that one episode, it was worth the 10 bucks, you know? Oh, totally. I mean, even even just the first hour I saw was worth the 10 bucks, you know? Like, uh, I'm happy with it. I did get to see the Zack Sabre Jr. match. Uh, I saw the, um, what was the other one? The one, um, the, the Keshta and uh, Josh Woods. And then, I, and then I was so happy to see Mark Briscoe come out for the first match. That was, uh, that was so fitting, you know? I mean, I'm glad TK's smart, you know? And he, he gets it, you know? He, he, uh, he had Briscoe come out. Who was who did Briscoe fight again? Um, uh, I see him right in front of me. I just can't remember his name. Uh, I think was it Davari? Was it Art? No, I think Art. No, Davari, no, no, it wasn't Davari. Um, I don't remember. I honestly don't remember off the top of my head who. I can't uh, remember either. But but it was a good match. It was a good way to start things off. And I really, I really felt it was you know, just very sentimental. And perfect the way it started. Totally agree. And like I said, I'm not going to tell people how to spend their money. But if you can, and maybe you want to just, you know, the the week of, you know, the pay-per-view, you basically binge watch, you know, the 10 hours or whatever it is of programming. I think that would be, you know, really good for what they're doing here. Um, it was Mark Briscoe versus Slim J. That's who it was. And Slim J is uh, still has it after all these years. I will definitely, definitely say that. So our last thing of the week, it's a twofold thing. We've spoken about in the past that MLW is a little engine that could figures out a way to get onto uh, TV stations any way that they can, you know, be in sports. Unfortunately, the Vice TV thing didn't work out. They're now on reels. But... Apparently, Reels is uh, has a streaming deal with Peacock TV. And once again, the big bad WWE, either by purpose or just happened this way, there's only one form of wrestling that's going to be on Peacock. And as a result, uh, after 10 weeks, MLW Underground apparently is going to be gone. I mean... MLW most likely you could say had to be smarter in knowing what their options were. And maybe they knew this was a 10 week run. And if they did well, they would get, you know, picked up for more, but you got to feel, I mean, you got, you kind of have to feel bad for, you know, I'm not going to feel bad for court Bauer, but you got to feel bad for the, uh, the Fatus, the Hammerstones, you know, of the world who are just trying to make a living here. And you think that you're getting your big break. And then all of a sudden it's, you know, taken out from under you. I mean, like I said, I don't know enough about the situation to, you know, to blame WWE for, for screwing MLW. I know that they went and apparently I know it was thrown out, but screwed MLW with the 2B deal because it was a Fox, because uh, they're owned by Fox and, you know, Fox has SmackDown, but I don't know. Do you, we all love wrestling, but for the, like the next six weeks, whatever it is, 
do you even care now to watch MLW on reels when you know it's like not going to really be a thing? I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I may try to catch it when I can, um, but I'm not as invested anymore. And of I mean, course, you can watch it on pro wrestling TV. That's also, it's going to be right. awesome. So, I mean, but it's just constantly, it feels like two, uh, one step forward, two steps back. And if you want an alternative, and there are plenty of alternatives over there, but not every alternative has, you know, the distribution of being on, you know, a lot of cable systems like Reels does. I mean, I was listening to a podcast, which they were just, you know, shooting the shit. There you go. My one curse. Um, this week, you're talking about maybe even Paramount Plus, you know, maybe doing something because they have a small stake. CBS has a small stake with Access TV from, I guess, years ago. Or maybe Impact could be part of, you know, uh, Paramount Plus. I mean, that's like, you know, somewhat of a pipe dream. But, you know, streaming and everything else, all of these people have to find a home. And if you can't find the right home, you're not going to be able to survive. I mean, I don't know. So last thing, absolute last thing. I don't know if you had a chance to see this. We had, you know, It's Miller on um, on one of our very first episodes. It might have been our second episode. I don't even remember. But um, we spoke about Fight TV Plus. Now, this one I don't even think you know about. I saw this by accident. So I'm you're going to get this, you know, basically, oh, my. So for the longest time, you know, when it first started, they've got all these companies, everything, and it was $4.99. Do you know what they did on, uh, I believe it was like February 26th? No. They raised the price. Now it's $7.99. Really? Now, I don't know what that means. I don't know if the thing is doing so well that they feel that people are going to be are willing to spend more money or if it's not doing that great and they got to, for the limited amount of people they have, they got to have them spend more money to equal out. But you know what? I'm most, I've been saying from day one that I was going to go and get Fight TV, even if it was for a month during WrestleMania weekend, see all of the different GCW shows and everything else that was going on. $4.99 when we, when we have all of these things and the idea of you know having Ring of Honor, uh, Honor Club now. And I go, $4.99 sounds great. And I know if you, like, if you ask It's Miller, he's still going to say it's a great deal because you get all this stuff, but $4.99 instead of $7.99 a month. I don't know if I can go and in, in good conscience get another streaming service as much as even I want to see something. But I don't like I said, I know Harry, like everything. I throw this at you last minute, but what's your thoughts? Is this a good idea, you think, from Fight Plus to uh to go and you know to raise the price either because they don't have as many people as they thought, or you're thinking that if people are willing to spend $4.99 and they get a little taste of the cheese that they're going to spend more. I mean, do you think this is a good idea, a bad idea by Fight Plus? Like I said, not knowing their finances, but Fight Plus, short period of time, moving the price up from $4.99 to $7.99. I thought they just added another another company, didn't they? They just Wasn't it something somewhere? I believe they're adding ICW, and they might be adding uh, someone else. And I understand the more companies you add, you most likely have more money that's right. going to go into it. But I guess my thing is, like I said, I had no idea that they were raising the price where all of a sudden I was on uh, Fight TV because, you know, I bought the uh, the the uh, New Japan show with uh, Mercedes Monet, who is a star star. She was actually, you know, 
on the red carpet, the red carpet. I'm from Boston now. Very bad accent. Uh, the red carpet for the Mandalorian, and you see the shot of her and Rosario Dawson, you know, holding the holding the title, which is you know gives more credit, more more pub for that. But you know, I was on there, and then I was going to rewatch part of the uh, of the show again. I wanted to actually you know rewatch the Jay White Eddie Kingston match, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, let me take a look at Fight TV and see what's going to be some of these shows that are on WrestleMania weekend. All of a sudden I see it's $7.99 and I'm going, wait, wait, wait I thought it was $4.99. I'm like going through this rabbit hole of trying to figure out what's going on. And I don't know if it's, this is like direct TV when it came to the NFL package. Once you have direct TV, you're, you're locked into that price. But I mean, I don't know if people who already have the service are going to be paying $4.99 for life. And then new people are paying $7.99, but. Well, I, I, I didn't, I didn't buy it. Yeah. Um, I thought I was going to, and then my real life just got so much sure. that I just I couldn't I couldn't invest in something I wasn't gonna you know spend on. I mean, I already pay you know four ninety nine for Peacock. I pay nine ninety nine for Ring of Honor now. I pay nine ninety nine, which ends up being like seven change or something with the conversion yeah. for New New Japan. Same thing with Wrestle Wrestle Universe. So I'm around. Well, 30, 40, almost 50 bucks, whatever it is. So um, I probably would have done the 499 around WrestleMania time. So, and only because of the fact that, you know, we were going to talk about on the podcast, to be honest. But yeah, I, I mean, with everything else going up, I think that I kind of have to cut that out. I know it sounds terrible, but like uh, all of the streaming services have gone up, um, you know, Netflix. Hulu, and these aren't even wrestling ones, but uh, you know, HBO Max went up a dollar from fourteen ninety nine to fifteen fifteen ninety nine or fifteen ninety four, something like that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, that's kind of uh, Fight TV. They they must think that they're they're getting better viewership, and they could probably you know do this. I, I don't know. It's uh, why else would you do it? It makes no sense. It's uh, kind of uh, kind of mind-boggling, actually. Why would you go up in price? Is there a way of knowing how well they're doing? Like, I know you're the business guy with that stuff, and I don't know as much as you do. But uh, is there a way of like of uh, finding out like their viewership and stuff like that? Um, not that I know of off the top of my head. I mean, it might be uh, something that you know information if i guess if you look at the wrestling observer one of these things you might be able to find everything there um i don't know i mean i just think like i said it's and like i said maybe they did a huge thing on twitter and different things i just didn't i didn't see but you know it, it, it almost came out of nowhere like if you go on to, like if you write fight tv plus in like google or whatever and the first thing that pops up it still says 4.99 as like one in the description of it but then when you click it's 7.99 and you Every business has the right to do that. I'm not going to go and fault people for that. But um, a lot of interesting conversations today. Um, I'm pretty sure we went over two hours because that's what we do. We, we're passionate about uh, giving you long shows that uh, give give us aneurysms later on after thinking about it. Uh, but this is the time of the show where I go and uh, I plug our good friend here, Harry, uh, his Facebook group, which you should all check out. You know, screw all those other ones, even the ones that we talk about on the show. But uh, <laughs> Harry, uh, everyone should check out the Wrestling Purist Facebook group. A great conversation. 
go back into their old um, posts to see stuff that has been done in the past. And, you know, for more information on things that could be coming up in the future with, you know, uh, different projects that Harry will be working on, possibly. I'm not going to spill any information because he hasn't told me if it's finalized yet. Um, but, um, you know, of course, check out our friends at iHeart uh, iHeart Wrestling, our less, our less friendly uh, friends, only kidding, from uh, Wrestling Life, all great ways to get your opinions out there. Um, Harry, what was the name of your buddy's uh, podcast on uh, on Impact Wrestling? Oh, uh, Discuss Impact Wrestling with, with Jason and, and Gary. You know what? We should. Uh, I, I'm going to try to make it my mission at some point this week, most likely unsuccessfully, but I'm going to try to check out their their podcast and uh, and if it's good or bad, maybe I'll write a review saying how how much we like it. Uh, there's, there's it's it's shorter. It's only 45 minutes because you only talk about Impact. But, uh, but uh, you know, Jay's actually contemplating possibly uh, making another podcast because he's kind of intrigued to watch Ring of Honor. So he might do a Ring of Honor, you know, because uh, you asked me about my opinion on it. You know, like, you know, the, do I feel it's worth doing a separate podcast? Because he, he feels he can't change the Impact one because it's discussed Impact Wrestling. So I said to him, I said, you know, well, you know, check out Ring of Honor, see if you really like it. If you do and you're passionate about it like you are about Impact, then make then make a second podcast. I mean, you know, we'll see what happens in that respect. Um, but like I said, you know, we will be back next week with more interest. Uh, interest. Uh, certain people get that joke. Um, on the AW Revolution, they continue build for WrestleMania. But as always, uh, for vanity's sakes, go and check out old episodes of the uh, Workshoot Wrestling Podcast with uh, myself and the Human Wheelbarrow which our buddy uh, Christopher Morin had uh, given the name of uh, Jason Brooks, wherever you go and listen to podcasts. Um, still hoping to have, you know, Jason on at some point, maybe in the, in the near future, but fingers crossed, we'll see how all that goes. But as always, you know, self-promoting, uh, we will be back in the coming weeks with uh, season two reviews of uh, Yellow Jackets, which returns back on Showtime in the, uh, the coming weeks that will be discussed on the You Don't Know Jackie uh, TV podcast with myself, uh, Jackie Endy, Jackie Rachel, Jackie Brandon, and a whole uh, other people who uh, we dub the name Jackie. If you see if you see the theme there, uh, we also talk about single drunk female, the after party, severance. We've had interviews with quite a few people from the. Uh, from different, you know, from different shows, in including Madison Shepard and the the showrunner for Single Drunk Female. Um, you know, it's always an entertaining time. After a, a little bit of a hiatus, we are coming back with with Yellow Jackets. You know, for season two, which uh, will be premiering relatively soon. So it will be a an interesting time to go. You know, talk about TV. You want to catch up on, like I said, you know, on Bad Sisters, F Boy Island, a lot of other fun shows. I just saw Harry's look when I said F Boy Island. He was like, "Excuse me," <laughs> yeah, but uh, we spoke, you know, about the uh, show transmissions from the outer outer range, apparently, which uh, Jackie Endy uh, spoke about on her uh, on her own. But check out wherever you listen to podcasts. You know, old episodes, new episodes, uh, all the work that we are doing. But you know what? Let, let's hope for the best. This 
uh, AW Revolution weekend. And totally separate, let's hope uh, John Jones once again is the king of UFC because when John Jones is something special, it's a lot more worth uh, listening to. But I've rambled on as always, which I've done for years. I will say these magic words. Harry, the the uh, the floor is yours. Your final your final words for us today. Please, please, please bring FTR back tomorrow. <laughs>